Hi, you're listening to Boggy Talk, Faith Conversations in the Mud, a resource of Church on Bayshore. We typically want every matter of faith and life to have crystal clear answers, but it isn't always that easy. This podcast digs in to help Christians think with a kingdom mentality about topics that sometimes get muddy and bog us down. So let's dive in. Hey, welcome to Boggy Talk. We hope you are doing well and having a great week. It's hard to believe that it is the last day of January 2023. There are people who thought this day would literally never come because your earth would just be gone. But here we are, getting boggy. How you doing? What are you talking about? Well, yeah, you know, remember that. That's a great setup for what we're talking about today. Hey, but you already noticed there's a different voice in Boggy Talk today, and that's because we are joined by a wonderful Tara Beard. Hey, Tara, how you doing? Hello. James, how you doing, buddy? I am great as well. Yeah, like I said, it's hard to believe. Well, she didn't say she was doing good. She just said hello. She just said hello. I am. I'm doing great. All right. Yeah, uh, because it's almost February, like, you think, like, Christmas was a month ago, but it feels like a year ago. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And we're in the, we're in 2023. So you got, you guys doing okay? Yeah. Yeah. Doing yeah, okay. even though the world didn't end, I'm doing great. <laughs> you know, I just think like there's so many people who are like, the world's going to end in 2020. And there's a whole thing. Oh, okay. It. So there wasn't like a specific date you had in no, mind. You it just, was just like people like the world's going to end just in like, 2020. The world's going to end in 2020. You had to say something. So you just said just, something. Yeah. You know, okay. You got to make filler. Okay. I just, you know, there you okay. go. So. You've been studying Revelation <laughs> a lot right. lately. I, yeah, we <laughs> did work through Revelation the end of last year. Okay. And the world didn't end. So. No, it didn't. Hey, we're still well, here. Well, 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 depends. Yeah. On your perspective on the world. That's true. Right? I guess. Like the metaphysical. <laughs> it could be. We could be living in the millennial reign of Christ, and it is. We don't know, mm-hmm. uh, truthfully. Well, you know what? Speaking of things we don't <laughs> All right, know. Yeah, let's keep moving on. Know. Let's focus yes. on that. We are uh, joined by Tara today, um, and she's a, a member here at Church on Bayshore. And uh, some of you uh, who are members of ter- our church uh, heard uh, her testimony and story uh, this past Sunday in a video mm-hmm. that she shared as we're going through this uh, series in the book of Galatians centered. And we wanted to have her on Boggy Talk this week, really to share a little bit more about her experience. Um for those of you who did not get to hear Tara's story, uh, we're going to talk about some of it in just a second. But um, really, and start listening to my sermons. And yeah, yeah I was gonna say you can go back. <laughs> if online. you didn't hear her story, then, then you were that means you weren't listening. You, you weren't at church. Online. You didn't listen online. Uh, yeah, that's right. So you can go back. Uh, you can find that on our website. You can go back and watch. The and don't fast forward story. to her part in the story. That's listen right. to the whole Even sermon. Even though it's just like it's so good. Um, but we wanted. It to was. Have, I don't give up ten minutes. I know. I, when, it's funny because when. Usually, if we, it's, so I will say this: people don't know. Like in our worship planning, like if we ever have like a special video, James is usually like, "We got to cut a song." Or you gotta do this. And he's like, "Look, I don't mind giving like time to my teaching." I was like, "Oh, seriously? Yeah, you mean, seriously." <laughs> well, if it, if it, I also only did like four verses. So, yeah, you and know. he said, "If it's good, yeah, if yeah, it's good, right, I don't right, mind. yeah, it was good, and it's definitely worth the wait, uh, especially in light of where we are in the Book of Galatians. Yeah, right. Galatians is talking about." You know, this issue that Paul is bringing up uh, with the Judaizers and circumcision adding to the gospel. And we've talked, we think of adding to the gospel in terms of a lot of times of legalism. But then the shift away from that is is really um, not paying attention to anything and anything goes and anything can be a part of the gospel. You just, whatever you feel. And that's, uh, you kind of have both uh, ends of the spectrum in your story. Uh, and so I want you just to share a little bit, um, kind of recap some things that people uh, who didn't have the opportunity to listen to on Sunday. Uh, just tell us who you are, 
where you came from and how you got to where you are today. And we'll kind of jump in and ask you some questions along the way. All right. So I am a Midwesterner, um, born and raised. Um, my husband, Josh, I have two um, beautiful girls, uh, 12 and 9, Nora and Rose. And um, I grew up in definitely um, a legalistic Old Testament um, movement. <laughs> um, if you would look it up or do some research on it, you would definitely find cult um, uh, close to it. Um, and so uh, there was a lot of emphasis and focus on the law. Um, and so kind of my view and perspective as a little girl growing up um, was that God was really far away and personal relationship um, really wasn't an option um, or talked about or cultivated in our culture. Um, like I said, it was really legalistic. And, um, and there was, of what I can remember, there was no mention of Jesus. Mm. Um, uh, so of what I can remember, no gospel message. <laughs> I knew about God and a lot of the Old Testament stories, but um, no gospel. And um, so fast forward to age 27, um, I heard the gospel for the first time and uh, it changed my life. <laughs> um, and I really, um, that's when I truly, you know, surrendered my life to Christ and um started living for him and I was really kind of all in. Um, but, uh, there was obviously not a really solid foundation. Mm. Um, and even you spoke about this in, in one of your previous messages. I don't think it was this last Sunday, but the gospel has to be really rooted in our heart. And, um, and so it was very, um, I guess, easy for me to stray away from it. Uh, I didn't have a really um, sound doctrine <laughs> laid out as it talks, mm -hmm. uh, you know, as Timothy talks about. Um, mm -hmm. And so, um, and, and kind of some middle of the line teachings that I really, I, I grabbed it onto as my foundation that I think kind of opened up the door to me wanting more. Mm. And that more mm. Um, mm. really, I think, is what led me to um, the hyper charismatic movement. Um, I, there's several words used um, or several uh, titles uh, hyper charismatic mystical miracle movement, or um, probably the most well known um, that's got the most media attention is the New Apostolic Reformation, and um, that is termed by a guy named C. P. Wagner. Um, after God opened my eyes and I started doing some research, um, who uh, is definitely linked to um, a lot of uh, apostles and prophets, uh, well, I should say, um, uh, men and women who claim to that's be good. apostles. Self-proclaimed. Right? <laughs> Self-proclaimed. That's the yeah, word I'm yeah. looking for. Yeah. Um, 
I usually uh, say the fancier the title, the scarier the church. But you could definitely I'm going to talk about terminology. So, so, so tell, yeah, tell like us to. more. It's kind of been established. You found yourself in a role, in a pastoral role in a church mm -hmm. that you now would say was off doctrinally. Yeah. Uh, that is, was in the area. It's not in existence anymore. How, tell us a little more about the journey to get to that place. How that happened? Yeah. yeah. So um, eight years ago, I was introduced to, um, I went to a conference and um, that was the first time that I was introduced, introduced to Bethel theology. And um, Bethel really, is a church in California. We've yeah. talked about their music and stuff here a lot, mm -hmm. just in case people don't know. Yeah. yeah. Has a lot of influence uh -huh. now. And a lot of growth. And so um, I really, um, again, having that more mentality, um, uh, I really grabbed on to that mm -hmm. and um, kind of dove right in. And I was surrounded um, by several um, other women. Uh, and I, um, and women, <laughs> uh, can are really gravitate towards this movement because it's it's very empowering for women um you know you can prophesy and um you know this movement really cradles that emotionalism and sensationalism and so it's really attractive to women um now looking back on it and so um i was you know, uh, in deep over when, my head. So. When you say you were craving more, can you maybe yeah. take a minute, explain what you mean by that a little more? Yeah. So explain um, more what you mean by more. More, more. Sure. <laughs> sure. Um, I think because there were some teachings that I was listening to before I came to this movement that, um, were kind of teetering in the middle um, but they're mainstream evangelical preachers, women preachers who, who really um, push the message of um, a very self-centered message um, and hearing the voice of God. Mm. And so um, when you combine those two, <laughs> mm -hmm. um, it kind of now I look back and it's it's a recipe for, um, disaster. Mm, and, mm. um, because when you, um, when the word of God is not sufficient, when his voice isn't sufficient from scripture, mm. then that voice becomes subjective mm -hmm. instead of truth. And mm -hmm. so, um, I got really good at hearing the voice of God. Mm. Um, and so did those around me. And um, that voice was never tested. Um, and I think you have to be very careful um, when you move down that road. And yes, I do. I do mean if you were constantly hearing the voice of God um, and listening to that inner voice and that still, you know, um, that that can be troubling <laughs> because um, it's leading you to a voice that's dependent on yourself. 
um, instead of scripture. And so um, not to say that God can't speak in, in, in different ways. Uh, some of what you're saying sounds like, you know, the more like when you, you get, we all, if we're following Jesus, we do, we should get to the, We do get to this point of like, I, I want more. And we look around and, and yes. we can see other yeah. people who seemingly have that more yeah. uh, and have a closer relationship uh-huh. with him. And we can, you know, start what can happen, I think, is that, you know, if we are still walking in the spirit and we we can't we should look to other people as examples. Um, but oftentimes we replace those Jesus with those examples. Yeah. Uh, and you know, and Paul says, You follow me as I follow the Lord, like imitate me as I imitate Christ. Like that's a healthy thing. But if when we start imitating people because we yeah. think that is what is making us closer to the Lord, then um that's where we err. And I think you know, you come to this fork in the road and it sounds like, you know, you wanted, you genuinely wanted I did. Jesus. And then what happened is, is you started, these other voices were influencing you and it kind of led down this path. Is that accurate? Very accurate. Okay. So I put words in your mouth. Because I know <laughs> your story and this sets this up and you, you said we see people who have it, but we also see, you know, the number of people who just don't like they're you're in a church and Mm -hmm. and it's like man these people are just coming here and they're leaving and it's like there's no passion there's no excitement and so so what if we're not careful that leads to a pride right like a i have this passion that they don't have and then you find some other people who might share that same pride and so then you begin to say hey we're going to kind of drift this way together. And I think that's kind of what happened in the starting of the church that you were involved in. That's exactly what happened. And that is what it's rooted in is pride. And a lot of times with pride, I mean, you're the last one to know. Right. (laughs) (laughs) And so, um, I never, I, in fact, I probably prided myself on not being prideful. Um, <laughs> you see prideful people do. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, and so, um, yeah, that's exactly what happened. And 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 then it kind of moves into, um, oh well, I'm receiving, mm. I'm receiving revelation that mm. someone isn't, mm. and that revelation is being propped up as God's mm-hmm. word. Because when you say, um, I feel like the Lord mm-hmm. um, is telling me to tell you. Mm-hmm. Well, when you say something like that, that's elevating it to scripture. And so, um, and that's scary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> and excessive. so, yeah. Um, so. Yeah, well, t- tell us about your your. St- Kind your experience, of, yeah. that church, like people might have some nuances, they argue, but they can't really argue your experience in that church. Very so tell true. us kind of where oh, it went. Okay. Yeah, where so, it went. Um, so I was rolling along. Um, like you said, I was in a leadership position um, in children's ministry on staff, um, would have been considered a prophet of the house. I was deeply involved in deliverance ministry, um, was trained through Sozo and um, Bethel Sozo uh, deliverance ministry. And um, explain what that is. So that's um, what they call inner healing. Um, And basically it's sitting down with someone and the purpose of 
them coming to a sozo session is for them to receive deliverance and inner healing. Um, now, the issue with that is, is that a lot of these people coming in are being, um, are Christians. And so the theology behind that is that you have Christians who are demonically, mm. who are <laughs> demonized. And so um, that's nowhere in scripture. <laughs> in um, fact, the opposite of that is in, in fact, scripture. In fact, the opposite of that. And, um, and so a lot of, and, and what happens in a sozo session is that you are led by the voice of God, by the Holy Spirit. So whatever, and, and that's the type of culture that is um, encouraged at Bethel is for you to hear the Holy Spirit for yourself and every, pretty much every thought that comes into your mind, that's, that's the Lord. That's how they teach how to prophesy is, we'll just say what comes to mind. Mm. Bill Johnson is, um, it's the pastor of Bethel. Yes. Mm -hmm. He's mm -hmm. the pastor of Bethel and he's on record. You can find it on YouTube. Him saying, well, that's how I practice prophecies by sitting down and telling a group of people practice prophecies. prophesy mm -hmm. prophesy whatever comes out of your mouth um <clears throat> i'd so be in trouble then, just so you know if i said everything, so then, <laughs> everything that comes to <laughs> i started reading i'm in trouble enough as it is <laughs> <laughs> um and well so uh, i'll uh so basically um i say all of those things uh not to build a resume for myself, but to tell you how deep I was in this movement. And um, and then all of it really seemed to come, well, didn't seem, it did. It came to a halt um, about a year and a half ago um, when the pastor of the church that I was attending, um, she was a woman and co-pastor and my best friend. And um, she came to me and said that she had an encounter um, with the Lord and that he was releasing her from her marriage. Um, and so now let's pause here real quick, because, you know, divorce is one of those issues that I think um, the legalistic side of things is literally you never get divorced if your husband never, beating ever. you, cheating on, you know, all that stuff. You never get divorced and typically ends up being women who would suffer from that, you know, um, and and yet, you know, I, I do see, you know, instances where uh, that a, a woman might have a peace from the Lord that it is OK to be released from her marriage in the case of. Uh, again, I hate talking about this because I feel like on one hand, if I say something, they'll be like, he's saying I, I shouldn't have got divorced and I would have died. And then on the other hand, people will be like, oh, he's saying I can go because I don't like the way he does his laundry. You know, so I'm I'm not I just don't want to say the wrong thing. My point is that sometimes there are no judgment on people who are divorced because they were seeking counsel. They were in the word and they left really because they didn't know what else to do. This is not that instance. This is not that instance. <laughs> okay. Um, I, uh, like I said, we were best friends. And so 
um, there were things that I knew that others were not aware of, and there was no biblical precedence for divorce. Mm-hmm. I knew that. And so, and we are not talking about, we're talking about, I had an encounter mm-hmm. um, and Jesus came to me as the Lion of Judah mm-hmm. and told me to get a divorce. Mm. Wow. Yeah. And so um, now I also want to make very clear that this type of lingo is not abnormal right? Mm-hmm. for this movement. Mm-hmm. People um, talk about encounters with Jesus all of the time. Um, Chris Valentin, the prophet of, or the so-called prophet of Bethel in Redding, California, talks about Jesus coming in, visiting him while he's in the bathtub. So mm-hmm. this is normal for this movement. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I knew um that this is something is not right here and mm-hmm. um honestly probably you know what i've even explained here you guys can see that there was a lot um not right from the very beginning with this mm-hmm. but i was so blinded mm-hmm. um that it was only the grace of god that opened my eyes and he used this instance Mm -hmm. and it was like in a second and i was like wait if you were putting this encounter over the word of god um which i know that you're doing i put encounter over the word of god Mm. and wait everyone around us puts encounter over the word word of God. And so wait, something's really, really wrong here. And so um, when this opened my eyes um, in this movement, anytime that is uh, something is maybe someone's um, struggling with sin or there is, um, you know, they're having a hardship or it, it is always pointed um, towards the devil. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's constantly, um, you have to find a spiritual strategy to fight off that plan of the enemy. Um, it, you know, it's just, it could be just your sin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but so... Um, that's what I did. Uh, I kind of, you know, of course I didn't have the full picture yet. And so I started, um, uh, kind of searching like, man, what, what is going on here? Because something is very, very wrong. Mm -hmm. Um, and I came across, um, honestly, some, uh, some teachers, uh, through YouTube and they started talking about Bethel. Mm. And how Bethel was incorporating these new age um, techniques um, and basically covering it up with a Christian lingo. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of these people were ex-New Agers. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I was familiar with the occult, actually, mm-hmm. and with New Age. Um, so you can imagine my shock when... I found out that I was using new age techniques mm-hmm. to minister 
to mm -hmm. the occult. And so, um, and what I mean by new age, um, and how it's, how it's made its way into this movement, um, visualization is one of them. Um, that is encouraged even in Sozo, what I was talking about before. Um, uh, that's a new age technique, um, the law of attraction. Um, so in prayer, in this movement, you have, um, declarations are a huge, um, it's basically how you pray, mm -hmm. um, and positive confession. Um, and so what, what that is, speak is, it into existence, yeah, sister. Yes. This will be, I declare that this will yeah, be. Yeah. So, and, but when you look at it from a new age, um, perspective, that's the law of attraction. Yeah, the right. law of attraction says your words have power mm -hmm. to manifest. Yeah. Um, and that's what they're doing. Mm -hmm. And so it was like, I was like, oh my gosh, they're right. Like yeah. this is, um, there were, there's, you know, they're even incorporating um, astral projection, which they're using it in uh, covering it up with spirit travel. Well, that, <laughs> Sorry, I shouldn't have laughed. I apologize. No, but I apologize. It, yeah, I, really I mean, uh, but that's what you have in this movement is, you know, you have people talking about trips going to heaven and um, literally, you know, um, separating from their, from their body and they're, and they're using it as a holy encounter. And it's, I was just shocked, like, whoa, what have I done? Like, I have taught this. Mm -hmm. I have like, mm -hmm. I, I have, I've been like a forerunner for this <laughs> mm -hmm. in this church. And so I was just devastated. Like, so I have, I have two questions. So one, yes. well, I have like a gazillion, but I'm going to ask <laughs> sure. two questions. So, you know, this is caught on really, I would say the charismatic Pentecostal movement, the way that we would describe it, the common person with it really didn't exist until 120 years ago. That's so some right. people think, oh, this is how they did the Bible. No, it didn't. And nope. history shows that like speaking in tongues, the way Pentecostals, and I, I love you if that's you. It, it just didn't exist in church history until 1908, right? What was yeah, the year? Was it was, yeah. Late 1800s, yeah, 1900s. Yeah. So, you know, again, I'm not saying that there isn't tongues because that's in the Bible, but the way it's manifested. But then this is caught on. And I do think what you're talking about is interesting because, you know, we live in the most uh, individualized, self-expressive culture that has ever existed. And... um a lot of what you're talking about is very much self-exaltation through and using the Bible and God and all that as a means to self-exaltation where we become like gods almost. Absolutely. And, and, and not only did we have, I would have considered our church, uh, like a little Bethel. We, mm -hmm. um, we, you know, uh, we're going after glory clouds and glory realms and um uh there was a school of uh you know supernatural ministry trained by Bethel Atlanta that opened up um but not only 
did we have that aspect of it, but I learned, you know, we had the word of faith theology interweaved in. We had that prosperity gospel interweaved in. And so, um, and, and I think, um, too, when people are studying um, or maybe researching this, um, and what's really hard is it, it doesn't, it looks different in different churches. It does. Mm -hmm. um, not, every, you know, we didn't have um, titles in our church of apostle and prophet. It, we did, but it was, it was used loosely, you mm -hmm. know, um, whereas some, um, some definitely do, even in this area, right. um, you can go and be trained to be a prophet and, um, so how many people are coming to this church? Um, by the time this church closed, um, we were busting at the seams. Um, it was a small, um, it was a small venue, but we were over 300. Wow. At this time. So 300 people are like, this is totally fine. The, or did they not totally see all normal. of it? Like, and by, and by the end, um, I even explained in the video, it progressed through the years. Like I use yeah. that snowball analogy where it started out as mm -hmm. a snowball and it's, and it turned into kind of like the abominable snowman by the end. It was, um, our services were chaos. There was, you know, laughter, um, people rolling around in the front. Now you're having... Baptist, so laughter doesn't happen yeah, at all. Yeah. Ever. <laughs> <laughs> <Not> even jokes. <laughs> like, come on, I think I'm funny, yeah. but y'all don't. <laughs> yeah. but, so I guess, too, and that, like, so when you were describing some of this, I think some people listening with, like, who, like, have never, are, are totally unfamiliar with things yeah. you're talking about, are yeah. like, well, that's just crazy. Right. You, mu you must be crazy for falling for it, quote, right. unquote. You yeah. know? Um, and you're not a crazy person and you are studied. <laughs> I mean, but I know. Well, Josh, your husband just <laughs> yeah. texted me and I, I don't know if he agrees, but you but, know. But uh, I guess I would ask, and I think people are like, how did it get there? Like how, what was the process of, you know, like you, you talked about it being unveiled, like how the Holy Spirit really this, took the scales off your eyes yeah. and you, you saw it for what it was. Um, and, I, you know, we established earlier the intent was I really want to know the Lord. Yes. Um, so how did it, you know, you can just explain, how did it progress over time? Yeah, so um, throughout the years, it, um, you know, at first it started, um, at first it started, you know, like this emphasis on healing. And so we're going to pray for healing and, and you know, um, the we're bringing heaven to earth. And so we're going to pray for the sick and they're going to be healed. And then it kind of, then it moved on to, um, signs and wonders mm -hmm. and, um, you know, uh, the glory cloud and, and reading into, um, every little thing that it was new revelation mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. and, and this number meant something or, or this word meant something or, um, which with the numbers, that's actually new age too. That's mm -hmm. called numerology. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so, um, and then it moved on to um, the glory realms and, you know, like the, the encounters and, and you just need to encounter God in a deeper level and, and, um, you know, traveling in the spirit and having these encounters in the spirit and, 
um, until it just. Um, Do you think it, it's like addictive? Oh, very yeah. much okay, so. Because yeah. that's and, what you're, you're describing like progression. Like it yes, just... and to uh, think about it, every time something is oh, and you got to have that deliverance mm -hmm. to have all that healing because Jesus's blood wasn't enough. Um, and and you gotta you gotta pray the right prayers and you gotta break off those generational curses and you have to so think about where the gospel is in that mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. adding all that mm -hmm. on all that on to where by the end the gospel was nowhere to be found the gospel message was nowhere to be found that's why when God opened my eyes I was like oh my gosh I I, I have. I've forgotten what mm -hmm. the gospel is. Like I, uh, we were so far from it. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was really interesting because I had um, a friend here. She has known me through the years. We've done homeschool together. And she has, she said, um, Tara, um, but what makes it a false gospel? Mm -hmm. And so I said, well, you know what? Let me just give you an example of it. <laughs> so um, I meet you on the street, okay? And, um, oh, um, you're struggling today? Okay, well, um, you know what? God has a purpose and a destiny for you, and you're amazing, and you need um, to just know who you are in him. Um, because there's things inside of you that, um, he has made for, you know, that only you can walk out and, and you're so amazing and God loves you. And which sounds so great to hear, right? It does, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> but where is, Hey, so I know you're struggling, but like, we all struggle. Like we have all fallen short of the glory of God. We are all sinners mm -hmm. and we can only be saved through Jesus Christ. Only him can, mm -hmm. only he can mm -hmm. make us righteous, mm -hmm. like nothing else. And actually <laughs> you're not that good. <laughs> you're actually not that good at all. And that's called, um, that was deemed heresy by a guy named Pelagius right. <laughs> way back in the day. So, um, like the whole uh like original sin is is taken out yeah. and it's mm -hmm. you're great mm -hmm. and actually i don't even know if you need to change anything about yourself you just need to have this encounter with god and he's and he's um and you'll be right with he really him. becomes your servant to achieving your yes. destiny yes. so yeah and and you you said something that is important. And you're talking about one angle of this, but you know, the diagram I've shown multiple times during this yes. series where we walk away from the gospel, like if the gospel isn't enough, you cut, you have to keep, you have an insecurity about your, your spiritual, your righteousness. And so if it's intellectualism, for example, people begin to base their righteousness on being intellectual. Well, then maybe they feel like they can articulate the doctrine of salvation. Well, then that's not enough. And they got to figure out how to, you know, so they keep going right. further and further. It's never enough. And I would say with this group, you know, the scripture isn't even s solid. And so they have to really keep going to another level. All right. So, hey, uh, this is a great conversation. We've got a lot more to cover. So we're actually going to put a pin in it. 
And we're going to pause right here. We're going to pick up the conversation next week. So thanks for tuning in to the first part of this conversation. Be sure and tune in next time as we continue with Tara and hearing your story. Thanks for listening to Boggy Talk. We are so glad you joined in the conversation. Go ahead and subscribe so you don't miss a beat.